Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we use intersectional feminism, mindfulness, leadership, and strategy to support smart women to change the world without anxiety, insecurity, and burnout. You know, I think we can agree now more than ever that learning, knowledge, reading is is fundamental to moving forward. And hearing one another, I think, demands a certain level of preparedness and research and interest, you know. On the show, we challenge the status quo and support you to unlearn harmful messages that keep you playing small so you can activate your superpowers and live with joy, confidence, and ease. I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hello, hello, Well Women. Welcome to the Well Woman Show this week. I'm so excited to talk to a longtime family friend who I actually have not been in touch with lately. And so we reconnect in this conversation. Anya Creighton is a poet, a mother of two, and a program specialist at the Library of Congress. And today we discuss the struggle of balancing career and motherhood in our society, how the Library of Congress represents everyday people. And I learn a lot about the services of the Library of Congress that I didn't know and why learning and knowledge is fundamental to moving forward as a society. And it's funny because I originally contacted Anya because uh, I heard Amanda Gorman recite her poem at the Biden-Harris inauguration, her now famous poem. And I knew that Anya had worked with Amanda Gorman in the past in her capacity at the Library of Congress, hosting uh, Amanda Gorman for, you know, events through the Library of Congress. And so we started chatting and I thought, oh, how fun it would be to talk to Anya about her experience with Amanda Gorman. So we do talk about that a little bit, but really we talk about Anya and her life as a career woman at the Library of Congress and also as a new mom and what all of this means and and what does success mean for her and how she is um, how she views the world now. So I'm excited to share this with you. As always, you can find show notes from today at wellwomanlife.com slash 241 show. And you can continue the conversation with us in the Well Woman Life community group at wellwomanlife.com slash community. And the Well Woman Show is thankful for support from the Well Woman Academy, a group coaching program uh, just for you. And that's at wellwomanlife.com slash academy. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Anya Creighton. I'm speaking with Anya Creighton. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Giovanna. Anya, it's so good to have you on the show. We were talking before we started recording, and we've never had anybody from the Library of Congress on the show. So that's awesome. Can you tell listeners, um, just to start out with, what is the role of the Library of Congress and how does it impact women's lives since we're on the Well Woman Show? Thanks, Giovanna. And um, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here um, with you and talking to your listeners. It's a delight and happy to represent the Library of Congress. We always like to say the Library of Congress is a library for you, so I'm happy that we can be represented on your show and I can talk to your listeners listeners, a little bit about what we do. You asked about the role of the library. It's basically a repository of our stories and uh, our lives. The library holds many millions of items um, in its treasure chests, items 
physical collections, um, all the way up to manuscripts, historical items, really runs the gamut of things that the library uh, said it holds in its treasure chests. It also is the... uh, the Office of Copyright is housed inside the Library of Congress. Um, I am in a, a, a division called Literary Initiatives, formerly of an office called the Poetry and Literature Center. Now the Poetry Office, which is subsumed in Literary Initiatives. And it is our charge to put on literary programming that uh, represents the field, but also relates to the everyday public. You listeners out there who love books, love the written word, and are passionate about learning more and are curious about what's, what books can can emote and what they can provide for us. So, you know, that literary programming runs a gamut. It's probably the biggest property that that falls primarily under our wing is the, the National Book Festival, which uh, some of you may have even attended last year because it was fully digital like so much else in our lives right now. Uh, traditionally, it is held at the Convention Center in Washington, D.C., uh, annually around Labor Day weekend, traditionally. We also have uh, poetry programming. We have readings, symposia, lectures, conversations. These are all things that we put together to, to represent uh, what is happening right now in the field and to, to bridge a conversation. That's just like a little sampling of what we do and what makes me passionate about working at the library. Um, Okay. So that's a lot. And that's just a sampling. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it's really exciting because I I feel like a lot of people think about, or, or don't think about the library of Congress. And when they do, they're just sort of like, Oh yeah, that, that big building in Washington, DC. And and like, it don't relate to it maybe. And I love that, that you're sharing kind of like what, you know, what they're, what you do and the, obviously the national book festival. And I, I knew about the festival, but I didn't know it was a a program of the library of Congress. And also there are like fun, you know, activities and things that you offer. I was looking on, on the library of Congress website and you can search inside like a, a photograph and images like catalog and you can find images to use as long as they're not copyrighted to use in your like craft projects or you know creative endeavors and and I thought that was cool what you're referring to are like free and fair use images the library has a ton of content and I encourage all of your listeners to go on our website and noodle around uh, you will not be disappointed it's just a, it is itself a repository and a slice of what the library has to offer so you can imagine a big part of the work we do is to try and get the items that are you know in in the house basically online so that people all over the country and all over the world can make use of them so you may not know that the library is composed of various divisions, uh, some by subject, some by area of the world. And each of those divisions, uh, many of them are collections-based. And so they have librarians inside whose job it is to basically uh, continue the collections. And and many of those collections items end up online. And these are things that we're passionate about sharing with you, the public. This is the, That's the thing about the library. It's all for public use. It's all for the public good. And um, you're right. The thing that frustrates me is... Uh, the library can be, it's so ornate looking, it's this big austere building, it feels intimidating. But at the end of the line, you know, there are, there are, it's just chock full of people who are passionate about uh, telling the library story and, and making its collections useful. So 
you'll see people get very excited. The, the more you talk to people at the library, the more you engage with the specialists that work there, they are a dither, you know, with excitement about sharing what they have and, and making the public feel welcome. So the current librarian of Congress, Dr. Carla Hayden, this is a big buzz point for her is to make the library useful and to make it available and welcoming to people. So, so with this new renewed effort, that's, that's a lot of what our work is now and, and trying to position the library in that, in that way and making it approachable for sure. And then another obviously big function is that you do support the entire, all of the members of Congress with their, with the research they need. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, what we say, what one of our primary focus, right? Um, yeah. It's in the it's in the title. We can, you know that's that's one of our duties, and it's a pretty pretty important one. I mean, I think in our current moment, we we can all appreciate, uh, no matter where you sit on the political spectra, the value of information and current information and factual information. So, you know, we do have a congressional research service that serves the, that serves Congress and it is their duty to put together reports um, at their behest of all kinds of subjects and in all kinds of areas. And yeah. so, you know, they Congress depends on the on the veracity of these reports and uh, the veracity of of the specialists inside the library. So it is important work that we do, and um, we also have a division that um, well, the Congressional Relations Office that also helps manage the relationships between Congress members and the library. So we take that duty really seriously, and and it is and it is part of our charge for sure. Well, I imagine at at a time in our country when people are kind of questioning the facts and and questioning history and questioning so many factual, like questioning the information flow, at this time in our history, it's probably really important for the Library of Congress to be providing this. It's actually reassuring, honestly. It's like, okay, well, at least the members of Congress are, are getting accurate information when they're asking for these research topics. I think so. Yeah. I mean, you, you said it. I mean, it's it, reassuring is a good word. You know, I think we can agree now more than ever that learning, knowledge, reading is is fundamental to moving forward. And hearing one another, I think, demands a certain level of preparedness and research and interest, you know, real interest in, in that endeavor. And so it's, you know, it makes me happy that, that, you know, the people I know, the good people at at CRS are, are doing their, their utmost to make sure that we are, uh, we are represented. And, you know, by we, I mean everyday people in the library, everyday people in the U.S. You know, and CRS, you and I, Congressional Research Services. Exactly. You, you know what? Forgive me. The library is is awash with acronyms. And I'm it's, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's very it's very easy to forget. Exactly. Well, Anya, I want to ask you about another program that you you may have mentioned already, but you had a program where you hosted Amanda Gorman, who recently made national and international headlines with her poem at the uh, at President Biden's inauguration, The Hill We Climb. And she is the National Youth Poet Laureate. And, and so I want to hear from you, like, what was it like to, to host that event for her? And like, what, what can you say about, you know, seeing her now out on the global stage, really? 
Yeah, I'm happy to. Um, it might be useful to know that our office, the, the Poetry and Literature Center, is the home of the U.S. Poet Laureate. So uh, Amanda came to us back in 2017 when at that time she was serving at the national as the National Youth Poet Laureate. And so she was exploring the field, meeting people, um, wanting to get, get her finger on the pulse, so to speak. And we could tell even then that she was, you know, headed for big things. She just, she uh, was very poised. She was excited and excitable, really uh, interested in in what poetry can do and how it can connect us. And so it ended up, uh, we offered her this opportunity to basically uh, open for the then poet laureate, the then U.S. poet laureate, Tracy K. Smith. And so she read a poem called An American Lyric. And it was fabulous performance. It was very hard not to be moved by Amanda on stage with the Librarian of Congress on stage with Tracy K. Smith on stage, all three African-American leaders in their own way. And it was, I think it was palpable in the room and, and we were all pleased to be with each other sharing the stage. I've known Amanda since since 2017, she was still in school at the time. She was a, a sophomore, I believe, at Harvard when she first came to the Library of Congress. And so it, it was just a pleasure to see her now um, having matured so dramatically and give that dramatically awesome poem at the inauguration and how it really moved and shaped the world it, or shook the world. It's just... Um, I, I'm not surprised because it's clear she has the chops and the talent to do it. Um, it's just been remarkable to see how her stage presence has evolved and how her command over her own performance has really bloomed and blossomed. She just seems really, she was the perfect person at the perfect time for that poem, for, for that, for that stage. And I don't think the response is surprising in a way. I think we were all hungry for a certain thing and didn't and didn't realize that we were hungry for it. And so her reception is just indicative of her strength and her her prowess. Yeah, and I imagine you were watching. It. Yeah, of course. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. So what what were you like? What was your reaction? What, what were you thinking in that moment? I mean, I, I'd seen Amanda perform since 2017. So I, I know what she does. I know what she's capable of. I, you know, I think she performed for the Boston Pops, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I'd seen sort of her evolution. So it, I, I was both um, thrilled and then also felt like I was sort of meeting her again, seeing her again. Um, so I, you know, it was, it was meaningful also to see poetry on such a national stage and for the country to fall in love with the poetry, the way that we do every day at the library of Congress, you know, that, that may be more than my delight in seeing Amanda, because I felt like I, I, I kind of knew, I knew what she was capable of. So that part wasn't a surprise, but I was just so elated to see how poetry could could just salve these wounds. You know, I instantly, when she was through, you notice everybody on stage stood up, right? It was, it didn't happen when, in any other performances, in, in any other performances on the stage. And so it was just so clear that it met such a need. So I, I was just so pleased as a poet, a practitioner of the field, as, as someone who, who really values seeing poetry get its due, I was elated. It was remarkable. I'm speaking with Anya Creighton with the Library of Congress, and we'll be right back. 
you're invited to join me for a brand new monthly group experience over in the Well Woman Academy. This is a monthly group that includes access to the full six-week course based on feminism, mindfulness, and the Well Woman Life Framework. It includes weekly group coaching sessions with me, as well as office hours and a private Facebook group to share and grow. Don't get me wrong, this is hard work. But with these tools, you will easily find the time to do the course, get the coaching, and reach your goals monthly. If you find yourself worrying about whether you'll ever make it in the thing you're pursuing, waking up in the middle of the night with anxiety, lacking the energy you need to get everything done, stuck in some aspect of leading your team, procrastinating on moving forward with projects and tasks, or in a leadership role but second-guessing yourself constantly, I'd love to introduce you to the Well Woman Academy. It's for smart, high-achieving women changing the world who want to overcome anxiety, burnout, perfectionism, and insecurity. The result? You get to live your well woman life, a life of joy, ease, and abundance, even when things are tough all around you. Visit wellwomanlife.com slash academy to learn more. And we're back with Anya Creighton with the Library of Congress. We're going into the segment called Superpowers for Success. So Anya, I want to ask you a few questions about you and who you are in the story of, you know, literature and um, the Library of Congress and just how you came to to do what you're doing. Because many listeners are either in transition or they're, you know, looking at what they want to do with their own lives. And, and so it's really helpful to just hear some insights from, uh, from our guests. So the first question I have for you is, What does success in life mean for you? I think a lot about this and I've been thinking a lot about it, especially during the pandemic, because everything turned around, you know, Um, I had a baby during the pandemic. Um, It's my second child. Things are so different. Life is so different than how it was before the pandemic. So I've been trying to really craft, think about what that means. Um, I think in the end, I think about two things. One about balance. I think a lot about balance. I had a professor once tell me in, in grad school, reading my poem, she said, you love straight lines. You love the linear. And, and I hadn't, I, I hadn't, um, realized that about myself. So I, when things are aligned for me, when things are in balance, that's when I feel at my most capable, at my most prepared to meet whatever challenge comes at me. So whatever I can do to stay in balance as as best as I can, it's not always easy. I try and, I try and do that. Sometimes I have to find, uh, you know, I, I err, I fail, I, I, I come back to center. And when I do, I always think, oh, that feels good. Yeah. <laughs> that feels, feels good to be, to be, to be at balance. Um, well, you're yeah. in the right place because we talk about that a lot on the Well Woman Show because we're, you know, really one of the main foundations of the, of the approach of the Well Woman community is like, how can we thrive in our lives at home, at work, you know, in, in our health, like in all these areas and how do they all integrate or balance, as you say, and, and it's sort of like juggling, right? It's like, you have all these balls in the air and you might drop some, (laughs) you might drop (laughs) one and then you like pick it up and you start juggling again. And certainly you are living that having two little tiny ones and a job and a family and and all the rest of it. Good for you for, for thinking this through and, (laughs) and, and and having some practices that support you. Anya, I want to ask you, when did you know 
you were really good at what you do. So it's funny during the pandemic, my, I've had some family here to help support. And my mother asked me the other day, we were talking about words and using words and having a facility for language. And she kind of asked me this question, like, how did you know that you were drawn to words? How did you, how did you know? And I said, like, I don't have a clear memory. I I remember writing, uh, I don't know if you call it a poem. I remember writing something when I was pretty young, probably maybe in elementary school, definitely early grades. And I showed it to my father and I remember this surprise, this sort of surprise on his face. And he, and I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I had done was anything unique. And I'm not, I, I don't know what it was. What I remember is his face, his gesture. And so uh, it seemed like, oh, this might be something I might want to explore. I didn't have the language, of course, to, to, to know any of that. Um, but I guess I just, by, all, by that little anecdote, I just mean to say that language is something that has interested me for a long time. And I like that it has these little units that you can, this like little syntactical chunks that you can move around and you can mobilize to, to, to your ends. And that's why I like poetry because it's, it's uh, a puzzle, if you will. And there's a lot of energy and, you know, there's this idea that every word matters in poetry and it, it, every, uh, it has great real estate because <laughs> there's a certain economy in poetry um, that comes along with the territory. So, you know, I guess I don't know if I use the word success necessarily because I think everything is on a continuum and we're all, we're all striving for the next hurdle, the next challenge, the next, <laughs> right. the next, the next thing necessarily. Like I don't, I don't necessarily feel that quote, I've arrived ever. I think that may be dangerous for, for an artist to say like, yeah, I got it. Um, but I will say that um, it's been a pleasure to, to feel like I'm moving somewhere in language, like to, to, to feel that I have a different level of facility uh, at different points in time and to look back and say, oh yeah, I can chart, I can chart some development here. I can see, I can see my strength, uh, my strengths improve with language. So I think that's probably as close as I could come yeah. to answer, answering that question. Yeah. So what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? So I think in the, I was asking you in the, in the pre-screening questions, you asked about a super superhero or super, super skill. I think mine might be intuition. I think I was always a, a, a watcher, a, a observer. I was a look before you leaper. <laughs> you know, I like to take the temperature before I did anything. I've always kind of been that way. And so I think I depend a lot on my intuition when I, when I'm unclear about a task, when I feel unprepared, when I feel uh, scared or daunted by something, or even when I'm elated and happy as can be, or silly or, um, you know, and all that range of emotion, I think intuition is the thing that I lean the hardest on. Mm-hmm. And if I feel my intuition is, is lagging or, or, or I, or I doubt my intuition, then that's when I got to get back on balance. Um, that's when I, you know, that's when I have to, remind myself to, to, to get back to it. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. We talk about intuition a lot on this show and, um, and it's, it's a great thing to be able to tap into. And, and I wish more leaders would actually rely on, on that more so than, than they do. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. No one talked about emotional IQ, you know, no, no one yeah. talked about that. Like that's a new thing to talk sure. about someone's emotional intelligence. And um, yeah. so I don't know, like that, that was something I think I, cause I was such a watcher, you know, I think that was something I was working on before I really had the language to, you know, to describe it as such. 
Okay. So Anya, what advice would you give your younger self? I'd say be kinder to yourself. Be more patient with yourself. I thought you know, adults, when I was really young, I thought adults knew everything. I thought that, you know, there was this magic age that you got to that things were clear, (laughs) you know, that, that everything was right. You know, I think I just sort of assumed that. And so I spent a lot of time, even though my son is preschool age, you know, I tell him, you know, I make mistakes and I, I don't know everything and, and, and we'll, we'll look at it together. We'll figure it out together. I, um, I, I think that's, key. So, you know, I, I was really hard on myself. And I think if I could have been kinder to myself, I would have gotten further faster. That is a good one. And Anya, do you identify as a feminist? Yeah, I do. What does that mean for you? I don't know that I have a clear definition, but I logic and rationale is a big thing for me. I'm a pragmatist at heart. It makes sense to me that all people have equal inherent value, equal uh, stake in the game. And the fact that our society is arranged to the, <laughs> to the antithesis of that point is like a moral conundrum. It, it, it's, it's, it's incorrect on all kinds of levels. Um, and so I think I have a duty, everyone has a duty to rectify those those, that inequity. Um, so it would be across all kinds of lines um, at, at any place that we are divided with each other or some has much and others have little. And that's just quote the way it is. It doesn't feel appropriate to me. In your bio, you, you talk about having roots in Jamaica and Denmark. Do you feel like you, you can bring all of who you are to to your life and to your work? It's challenging. I, I, I do. I do now. I think to explain, my father is from Kingston, Jamaica. My mother is from Copenhagen, Denmark. And I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So it was, um, you know, that the, the confluence of those places meeting is perhaps is, is, unexpe- is unexpected. Is unexpected. It was unexpected for me. And it took me a while to figure out, you know, you mentioned this idea that a super strength you didn't know that you had. It was one of my super strengths that I didn't know that I had. So I knew the world in a way that others did not. Before it was popular to, for the, the, the what is it now? There's all kinds of ways that we described and we described mixed race families, mixed identity families, mixed ethnicity families all different ways that we talk about uh, identity and belonging. This was like, this was not a, this was not a thing in my life uh, as a child. This was just not, it was not discussed. Um, And so I I had to make those pathways on my own um, to some degree. Uh, Also, my parents came from immigrant communities where that kind of discussion Maybe not so much, you know, there wasn't, you know, it was the, that wasn't the focus. So yes, your, the answer to your question is yes. I mean, I think I bring it all to bear because I own it all. I lived it all. I, I, I actually think it's more representative of the world at large than we will admit. I think we're more, especially now, you know, we're more mobile, we're more, we're more related to people than we realize. I mean, we've, we've always been, we've always been akin to people halfway across the world. You know, it's just that 
before globalization or, or, or the speed of globalization, we, we perhaps were not confronted with that option as, as, as often. So, you know, I, I traveled a lot. I, that was a big component of my life. It was a big, uh, pressure point and it was really useful. It was re- it's really useful. You know, I think a lot about having landed in Mongolia, having taken the Trans-Siberian Railway, having lived in different countries, having been asked to navigate various language cultures, you know, I, it's given me a lot of uh, skill, a lot of skill. It takes a lot of skill to, 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 to land somewhere, to set up a life for yourself in, in, a, in a place totally foreign to you and in a totally different country or uh, world than you were raised. And I think at times people take that for granted and they think that that's, you know, so at any rate, I'm, I'm here to say that it it has a place and, um, and, and those who live that way every day, I see you, it makes sense to me. And I think it really makes sense on the world stage is the, is the real, is the real secret. (laughs) Anya, last question for you. What are you reading for fun right now? What's on your nightstand? Thank you for asking. I, uh, as a, as a mother of a newborn, I have to admit, I am not reading as, <laughs> as much as I would love. Two things. Uh, Yaj Yazi has a new book um, that is awesome and getting great reception called uh, Transcendent Kingdom. So she's on my uh, nightstand. I am returning um, to some cookbooks that I love um, and in hopes of doing something a little bit more splashy than pandemic cooking. Um, I've been following, I think, Otolenghi's or Otolenghi's, perhaps how you pronounce his name. He's this new chef that I'm interested in. And he has a new cookbook out that is all the rage. People are raving about it. So I'm trying to try my hand at a couple of those. We'll link to those in the show notes. And Anya, it was such a pleasure having you on the show today. Thanks, Giovanna. This was a lot of fun. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your Well Woman life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join our community. As a reminder, we are on NPR every week, so be sure to tune in at npr.org slash podcasts and search for The Well Woman Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment and subscribe and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.